So welcome everyone to the first episode of the Ramen in Japan podcast. I'm here today with Cody, aka Ramen Guy Japan, and my name is Sebastian, aka Nama Japan. And uh, yeah, of course I had to bring Cody on for my first episode where we talk about recent bowls that we ate and bowls that we would like to present to the world and highlight a little bit. But first, let me introduce Cody. Um, Cody, tell us who you are and what you do and uh, what you love about ramen. <laughs> sure. Yeah, thanks for having me as your first guest. Um, like like you said, I'm Cody. I run ramenguidejapan.com and also the uh, Ramen Guide Japan Instagram page. I write... Um, I wouldn't say ramen reviews anymore. It's more just like ramen shop, um, I don't know, like descriptions. I try to give kind of like a translation of the menu, um, the description of the bowls, as well as pictures. And I try to highlight, I guess, kind of like the good parts about these ramen shops um, for English-speaking tourists and I guess just English-speaking uh, ramen enthusiasts in general. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do in terms of ramen. And uh, I would have to add, uh, your yeah, you don't you don't want to call it reviews anymore, but I think like technically speaking, that would still be the right term. But I think they're probably the most detailed yeah reviews and descriptions of uh, ramen shops out there. I mean, you're not only describing like what's going on, um, like what kind of ramen they're selling, but you also have like descriptions of the whole vending machine there. You're translating everything, mm -hmm. and oftentimes you also have like the let's say genealogy like where does this shop come from like who did where who was the uh, how can i say the coach where, where did they train at where did they uh, steal their style from so uh even i often look up your your stuff i mean easier <laughs> than looking up ramen database myself where you i guess you take a lot of your knowledge from as well um because of course it's all english and in uh, ramen database i have to translate everything <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, how do you feel like you you trans you transformed from like a review side to like just detailed description? Um, the, why did you do away with the, like the review part? Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was necessary to be so, I guess, negative. There were, <clears throat> I I was pretty like bluntly honest like in the beginning, just because you know I was just like starting off and I wasn't really super aware of what I wanted to do. Um. But as I started eating more ramen, as I started writing them, um, I realized that some of the things that really interest me about ramen was kind of like how that bowl plays its part in the world of ramen, whether it be um, where they trained from or um, the style that they, the style of ramen that they make and how that's relevant to like ramen culture here in Japan. And some of those things were like really interesting to me. So, yeah, I kind of like moved away from just critiquing ramen um, and more towards kind of like highlighting the shops and just making it easier for um, potential um, English speaking customers to go um, so that they're not confused at the ticket machine or, you know, they go in with a certain expectation of the ramen. Um, you know, because it's kind of terrible to go to like a ramen place thinking you're going to get like a chicken or pork base and then you're met with 
niboshi dried fish and maybe you don't really like that flavor profile so you know i try to i try to make it as easy as possible for uh, potential guests to uh visit the shops that i i guess quote unquote review so would you say you're moving a little bit away from the this is good this is bad more to like everything has a place in in this ramen world and there's a good reason why like even shops that you would maybe not necessarily recommend why they have a, a lot of customers you know if you think about like some ramen chains for example um that are everywhere but maybe you and me we would not necessarily go there like to have a good bowl of ramen mm -hmm. yeah i mean um i'm still pretty honest in the sense that like you know if if it wasn't something that i personally like didn't like then i would just say like it wasn't my cup of tea but yeah i i don't i try not to uh be too negative anymore right but we can still get your honest opinion i think on instagram you give up to five bowls so <laughs> that's yeah. where we can see what you really think about the bowl i guess true yeah and then on the website it's more uh detailed information and yeah facts yeah all right so after um yeah getting to know you a little bit um I want to ask my first question in a sense of ramen. So um, I think the first thing I always want to do is like just talk about the last bowl you have eaten. So what was that? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, I guess the preface, um, it's prime summer right now in Tokyo. It's unbearably hot and uh, I don't know if this is like a thing outside of Japan, but there's a thing called like Natsubate, which is like like summer exhaustion. And um, this past week, I honestly have been eating maybe one meal a day because I, I'm just like too hot to eat. Like I'm just kind of like exhausted from the heat. So I actually haven't eaten a bowl of ramen in I want to say a week and a half now. Oh, really? And <laughs> That's rare. Yeah, which is incredibly rare for me. But the last bowl that I ate was a place called uh, Lao Shao Honten, which I ate on the day of your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for coming. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was the last bowl that I had. Uh, interesting shot. It was made in. It was built in like the fifties, I want to say, um, and it's. They've changed their original location, but. Um, they're still in the same station area, which is um, not Shigasaki, but... Uh, Hiratsuka. Yeah, Hiratsuka. So yeah, they're like a kind of neighborhood um, shop that's based in Hiratsuka. Been there for, yeah, 50, no, 70 years now. And what they specialize in is, is tanmen, which is... Um, it's like a lighter soup. It's like a salt um, show... The closest comparison would be shio ramen, and um, interesting enough, there aren't a ton of vegetables in this bowl, uh, which is what you'd expect um, if you go eat tanmen, maybe like right, usually out in Tokyo. Tanmen, they have like a shit ton of um, cabbage and like sprouts. I think sprouts is like the main thing. Maybe a little bit of yeah, like napa cabbage. Or, yeah, napa cabbage. Yeah, like all but, kinds uh, of blanched veggies usually what you yeah right and you know they use like a kind of like a light chicken broth and you know a lot of vegetables in their stock usually for tanmen 
But yeah, this bowl came with uh, soup noodles, menma bamboo shoots, and pretty much enough uh, wakame, like seaweed, that covers the entirety of the bowl. Um, you literally have to dig underneath the seaweed for you to get to the noodles. That's but it is. And um, yeah, uh, they only have that. They only serve that in gyoza, uh, pot stickers on the menu. So I got the tanmen, the gyoza pot stickers. And yeah, it was fantastic. They have homemade rayu chili oil at the table. And when the. Um, the waiter presented the bowls to to me. Um, yeah, he essentially told me to put chili oil in the tanmen. But of course, me being me, I had to taste the soup as is. And it was very clean, very crisp. Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit salty just because it is tanmen. But man, as soon as you put that homemade chili oil in, it was, uh, it was phenomenal. It was probably top three tanmen that I've had um, so far. So definitely recommend going if you live in the area. I wouldn't necessarily travel from Tokyo for it, but if you live like out towards like Hiratsuka, Shonan, Chigasaki, uh, Fujisawa area, I definitely recommend checking it out. You can probably combine that with like a, a beach day or if you're into surfing, uh, stuff like that. I think that area is yeah. quite popular for that. So that, you know, that might be a, a bowl for that kind of occasion. Mm -hmm. I also got that on my list uh, for the next time I'm in that area um, on that day I also went for, for a bowl but we went to like some more ch old school chukasoba style uh, Chinese shop where we got like some gyoza and chahan and uh, the interesting thing there uh, one of us ordered some shio ramen and they put like a tub of butter on the table and told us to add some butter to the shio ramen. So that was the first. <laughs> Normally, <laughs> I only know it in, in connection to um, to miso ramen or something like that. But I've never heard it uh, in yeah connection of, uh, with shio ramen. That was the first. But the, Interesting. the chahan and the gyoza were the bomb there. Yeah. But that was actually not the last bowl I had. Let me tell you about my last bowl. Um, so I'm actually starting a new let's say ramen series or documentary series i'm not sure um i i learned that there's on youtube this kind of functionality that you can make like a kind of like series with like episodes mm -hmm. and um i'm now looking into making a, a let's say documentary episode series whatever uh about ramen chains because i mean whenever we go for ramen mainly we go to like the high-end stuff like the really exclusive stuff with like long lines out and whatnot but the reality is that most people that eat ramen every day they eat at ramen chains and the things that i'm talking about is stuff like tenkai pin ichiran ippudo uh, or kagetsu arashi uh, raidaite and whatnot like there's there's so many of them and i think they they all like deserve a little bit of a, a spot in the uh, in, yeah, in the spotlight to like you know take a look at why they're so popular what what it is about them that makes them unique and why do people come back and uh, the first one i went to and the first one i want to highlight is tinkaipin um which i think is is a fairly unique bowl of ramen i'm not sure if i 
ever had like anything similar to Tenkaipin. It's 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 fairly recognizable, and uh, they call it uh, Kyoto ramen. Um, I'm I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that in Kyoto other than at Tenkaipin. Uh, but maybe you know a little bit more of the background. But talking about the uh, the ramen itself, I think the most um, how can I say iconic bowl that they have is their koteri bowl. Um, the super a uh, super thick toripaitan, so chicken based, chicken bone based, l with lots of uh, collagen and also potatoes um, mixed in, as far as I know. And it's it's quite interesting. Like um, it has a, a a certain stink to it. I would want to say, um, not in a bad way, more like um, something that you grow fond of after a minute or so um, but at first it's a little bit off-putting um, but it's very chickeny and it also definitely has this like potato cream soup soup quality to it and uh, yeah it, it's definitely uh, a unique bowl of ramen um, in terms that you know this kind of style doesn't really exist outside of Tinkaipin and I don't think anybody is is imitating that as far as I know and uh, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm planning to cover all or get all of their three of their main bowls. The they have the asari bowl. I think that is with um, it's a chintan, a clear bowl with uh, pork back fat, and then they have one. I think they call yatayaji. Um, I haven't checked yet what exactly that is. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward. It's uh, it's quite interesting um, to yeah discover this niche of of uh, Japanese ramen history and uh, yeah ramen chains do you know anything about Tinkaipin where they come from what's what the background is here yeah so <clears throat> if I'm yeah if I'm not mistaken um the first store was in Tokyo oh no 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 never mind it's it's Kyoto the, f the first the first shop was in Kyoto it was by uh what's his um, Kimura-san, um, the master was, uh, this guy, Kimura Tsutomu, he was really famous, he was, appeared on a lot of, like, TV, radio, as a TV radio personality for a bit, after he got famous as the one that kind of, um, started Tenkaipin, but, um, yeah, I mean, Tenkaipin and, um, Nanden Kanden, if, <laughs> any kind of like hardcore ramen fans remember that place they were probably the two kind of um golden childs of ramen franchising and ramen kind of like um explosion and nanden kanden was doing hakata style tonkotsu ramen and tenkaipin was doing kind of like yeah like how you just explained it's like a chicken and vegetable I wouldn't say it's tori paitan, and I wouldn't say it's vegipota, which is like vegetable portage. It's like a mix of the two, but right. both of them right. have like this really distinct kind of thick, creamy uh, soup um, consistency, and it became really famous in the, or really popular in the eighties and nineties. But uh, yeah, if I'm not, if I if I recall correctly. Uh, Tenkaiping and Nandenkanden both had shops in Shinjuku, like prime Shinjuku real estate. And I think Tenkaiping was like three stories high, 
like there were three levels. They took up three levels of a of a building, and then Nanden Kanden that tried to like top them made it four stories. I remember watching like a documentary about this, but yeah, Tenkai Ping was able to survive. Nanden Kanden uh, went bankrupt, but uh, yeah, Tenkai Ping is kind of like the um, the remnants of that era of ramen, I would say. The people call of it the ramen war. Yeah, exactly. People call it tenichi, which is um, it takes the uh, the ten um, and the ichi ipin no ichi, um, the kanji for one, and shorten it to tenichi. Sometimes they'll call it temping, but uh, yeah, when I was in college, I would eat there often, and we would have the. Uh, it's called game in Japanese. I don't know what that is in in English, uh, but well, if you if you if you lose, then you get punished. Yeah. Basically. So the punishment was you have to order the asari or the light bowl, and because <laughs> no one no one goes to Tenichi and gets the light bowl because I don't know it's just kind of dumb to do that. <laughs> and so that was essentially the the punishment, and we used to we used to do that every single time we uh, went out drinking, and we'd finish the night with a bowl at Tenkaipi. So what is the yatayaji, the third one? The yatayaji is like a... I've never had it, but I've seen people order it. It's kind of like a mix of the two, essentially. Ah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll uh, get the asari and the yatayaji for uh, my upcoming video. Yes. That maybe in a, in a month or two. <laughs> I'm not sure when I feel like Tenkaipin again. I should but, mention, uh, I've never lost before, so I've never actually had the Asari <laughs> ever in my life. All right. Well, I'll let you know. You're, you're the first one I'll contact. All right. Great. Um, so that is the the last bowl that we have eaten. But let's switch to a bowl that you would like to highlight that in the recent weeks or months um, that has maybe left you stunned or, you know, left you in a way that you want to share with the world what it's all about and why it's so great and why people should absolutely go there. I don't want to pick this one because it's a little obvious and I feel like it's the one that you are going to highlight. So I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten track and highlight this um, this ramen shop called uh, Taishoken. And this Taishoken is located out towards Inagi area. Um, they are a direct line lineage shop from the now closed Yogi Uehara Taishoken. It was the Yogi Uehara Taishoken was probably one of the most legendary Taishoken shops in Japan, along with um, I guess Higashi Kebukuro and uh, Nakano. Did they just but recently close? They did. They closed last year. Um, yeah, I mean, COVID has been hitting a lot of ramen restaurants, and a lot of these ramen shops have had to close uh, as a um, as a result. And but I found out that this Taishoken, the nearest station is called Kurihara, um, but it's kind of in between Kurihara and Kurokawa on the uh, Ko line. But they are the direct line, um, direct training from the Yogi Uehara Taishoken. So if you go there, it literally feels like 
you're stepping back into yoga. We had a Taishoken. The shop decor, the um, the outside layout, um, and as soon as you have the ramen, it's it's phenomenal because honestly, it feels like you're having yoyu hara taishoken again. So um, yeah, to me, that was kind of like one of the highlights of the year. If there are any future ramen heads that are visiting. Um, that never got to try Yoyu Hiratai Shoken, or maybe you did get to try one time um, on a previous visit and you're sad that you can't have it again, I definitely recommend checking out this Tai Shoken. It's an all-female staff and everyone is super friendly. Um, there's table seatings, there's counter seating. Um, yeah, the vibe is just amazing. Um, the Chahan fried rice and the gyoza were also fantastic. Along with the uh, the yesai tsukisoba, which is kind of like Yoyu had a Taishoken's um, main uh, ramen that they serve, definitely recommend checking that restaurant out. And where can we find that one? Yeah, it's uh, it's in between Kurihara and Kurokawa Station um, in the Kawasaki city of uh, Kanagawa Prefecture. If you catch okay, the so. KO line, um, you should be able to get there. So basically, somewhere between um, Tokyo Central and Yokohama. No, it's more no. <laughs> out towards uh, what's it called? It's out towards Hachioji. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, I was I was thinking Kawasaki Station then. Yeah, because Kawasaki is like such a weird uh, city line that it stretches kind of like the entirety of Kanagawa west to east. So it's on the west side of um, of Kanagawa. All right, interesting. I'll put it down in the description or the show notes or whatever. I mean, I don't know yet how this whole podcasting thing works, but I'm sure there's a way to uh, leave some notes and I'll put the link uh, for people or interest people uh, so people can find it uh, on Google Maps and whatnot. Do you have a review for this one up? or a description um not on my website but i have posted it on instagram okay well if you want to like dm me on there i'll definitely uh i'll just send you the uh, google maps link as well right just get in contact with ramen guy japan on instagram and uh he'll help you out yeah well to my bowl i'm not sure if if you actually know what i'm gonna highlight i think you you are a little bit mistaken because oh, okay i think you you probably thought that i will highlight ichikawa mm-hmm. or menson rage um but i'm actually going with uh one of the last ones i went to and that is actually hama momiji in um the sakuragicho area of uh, yokohama i'm not sure uh-huh. if you've ever been so i this don't shop, think i have this shop actually has a couple of interesting and unique features um and uh, for one it is a female run shop so it's run by this i think relatively young woman looks to me around 30 ish i'm not sure exactly what her backstory is but what i can tell you is that they make uh, their noodles in-house and i would say that's their main draw um, they are doing a tonkotsu gyokai tsukimen as a, let's say, main um, ramen dish. And uh, they have like their noodle machine in-house and they do, at least if I remember correctly, five different cuts of noodles. So from 
really thick and round noodles to like flat noodles to like really thin and flat ones that are then hand massaged a little bit like um, in Kitakata. So you, you have like uh, this wall with like the signs of uh, the, the kind of noodles that you can order. And I got to try two different cuts and both were really fantastic. And I'm, I'm a really big fan of, um, of thick noodles of like, sorry, flat and thick noodles. Um, so yeah, they have them there. And uh, yeah, I was uh, directly in love, um, not with the owner, but with their noodles. And uh, I've seen also on Instagram that they do kind of like interesting um, mix-ups. So they, they had like a special where they were doing uh, with like um, putting Szechuan pepper into the noodles or into to the dough. Um, and it seems like they have these kind of um, specials um, uh, times and times again. So if you keep your eyes open on their Instagram and their Twitter, you might catch um, a kind of interesting type of noodle that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And um, yeah, I think overall the, the ramen shop compared to other ramen shops is quite clean and has like a stylish interior. Um, maybe a little bit as you would expect. Um, Customer-wise, it was mainly couples, if I remember correctly, which is already more women than you would usually uh, expect in a ramen shop. And um, they also do like uh, what I thought was was really nice. If you want to like finish your um, your soup uh, with rice, they do like mini rice. I guess you get like really a little bit of rice for 50 yen, <laughs> which I thought was quite cute. And uh, they also have like on the counter, they have like a lot of um, things that you can use to like make your bowl your own. And something I haven't seen yet in any other shops is uh, tenkasu. I think there's some shops that, that do it, but they have like a, a, I would say like with nori and like shijimi flavored uh, tenkasu, which I thought was genius. Like instead of the soup vadi, I was just filling up my bowl with tenkasu and ba basically using that as a <laughs> as a way to polish my my soup. However, interesting. Their soup vadi is also really great. Um, they do, if I remember correctly, a um, I think it was katsubushi and yuzu main. So that was really nice as a as a. Uh, flavor changer so i got to try that as well so yeah uh hama mumiji female run tonkotsu gyokai tsukemen with a couple of twists and homemade noodles so yeah give that one a try um can recommend definitely put that on my radar for uh next time i'm out towards the yokohama area yeah, that anyway is a good area i think for people who don't know uh, sakuragicho and the kanai area is uh, a bit of the the fun part of Yokohama, so to say, uh, or some other people would say the red light district. But I think it's not only that. There's like all kinds of fun to be had and also an extraordinary uh, high amount of uh, ramen shops and good ramen shops. Um, I think, Cody, you, I think you also have a couple of favorites in that area. I do. Yeah. The Jiro there is phenomenal, although I wouldn't recommend going there and pairing it with another ramen shop. <laughs> That's a day ender. Yeah, definitely. All right. So then let's move forward. Then looking into the future, what bowl are you currently looking forward to? Do you have like any plans or any ramen specific travel plans? Um, 
yeah, so I'm going to be out of the country um, for like a, a month. So before I do that, I am planning on um, flying up to Niigata and doing essentially just a Niigata ramen tour. Um, Tsubami Sanjo, um, Nagaoka, Shoga Shoyu Ramen, um, pretty much everything Niigata has to offer, which also includes Ramen Juro Niigata, Niigata location. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to try the Aoshima Shokudo Honten, which is a incredibly popular um, ginger shoyu ramen shop in Akihabara. But their origins um, trace back towards a shop in Niigata with the same name. Yeah, go there. Um, Tsubame Sanjo is kind of like a seabrake ramen. Um, pork back fat. Just loads of pork back fat all over. Um, definitely want to hit up a couple shops there. And then, of course, finish my trip off with the uh, Jiro location there that I haven't been to. And... Um, yeah, just explore um, Niigata, which is a prefecture I've never been before. Um, but yeah, definitely um, hoping to do that sometime in July. Spend maybe a weekend, maybe extend it to like a, a three-day three day adventure. All right, that sounds good. Do you know what, like, if Niigata has like a, a specific style of ramen that you would get at every corner? I would probably say it's Tsubame Sanjo, but although... I guess that's really just in that Tsubame Sanjo area. So maybe maybe it's the Shoga Shoyu ramen? I'm actually not sure. I think both of them are quite popular. What comes to mind for me is the, the, the shoyu and the, the ginger yeah. style. I think there's a couple of those over there. Well, that sounds good. Um, I hope you have a lot of fun and you bring some um, stories back from there. Maybe I'll have you on to talk a little bit of, about Niigata Ramen. Um, but until then, let us know what kind of projects do you, uh, other projects do you st uh, currently have going on? You told us about the, your website, your Instagram, any other ramen-related projects that you have going on. Now is the time to plug them. Yeah, currently, I'm probably going to be on hiatus when I go on vacation, but... Yeah, look forward to more um, ramen, I guess, quote-unquote reviews on my website, ramenguidejapan.com. And I post uh, pretty frequently on my Instagram, ramenguidejapan. So yeah, if you want to get some ramen content, those are the two avenues that um, you'll probably find me at. All right, then I'm sure the listeners... Uh, all the 12 or so of this podcast will do that and yeah thank you very much for coming on and uh, being my guest in the first episode and to all listeners um, yeah thanks for listening to episode one of the ramen in japan podcast hopefully there'll be many more and um, i'm looking forward to talking to many more of the ramen hunters uh, here in japan maybe also to people outside of japan maybe to talk with them about um, their experiences and their history with ramen in Japan. And yeah, looking forward to that and hope uh, you'll look forward to that too. <laughs> That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>